Welcome to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome, everybody, back to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, episode 14, one four. We are here. We have arrived. Um, great topic for this one. So, if y'all ready for this, I feel like it's that old. Am I drum roll ready? Already for this. Like your jock jams, jock jams song. So the title of this is "Responding to a Love Letter from Darth Vader." Now, who in the world is Darth Vader? Chris, who's Darth Vader? Tell us. Tell us who this creepy. That was my lightsaber. <laughs> Darth Vader, the dark side, the IRS. Ah, okay, all right. So, so the IRS. So these. These folks are out here writing love letters. Is that what it say? I love you, Chris. Pay me. Pay me now. Well, that's their preferred method of correspondence. And we are, my name's Chris Picuro, by the way. Sometimes we forget to introduce ourselves. We get so excited about this. If so. you're listening to this podcast 14, you should have listened to the first 13. Right. So, with, so they know who they are. So. Yeah. But, you know, once they see who our guest is, they're probably just going to tune to this one. Right. So I guess we should shut up. So Darth okay. Vader, we yeah. we like them. We love them. We hate them. They hate us. They love us. It, it's, a, it's a thing, right? So what does this all mean? Handling IRS notices and audits. So, so Chris, I know we got a great guest for this. Probably one of the best ones we pulled from your Rolodex because you've, I'm sure you've had a Rolodex. I, are you saying I'm old enough to have a Rolodex? No, I do though. I, did. I used to have one. All yes. right. Let, let's let's anyway, unveil this. Who, yeah, who's so our guest? I am really happy uh, to announce our guest. He is an amazing tax professional. He's been on USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, ABC, CBS This Morning, Forbes, Fox, NBC News, The Street, CBS. Time Magazine, I think, was in there too. Mm -hmm. okay. But guess what? This is probably his crowning achievement of his career to be on the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. <laughs> but welcome, Andrew Poulos, to our podcast. How are you, buddy? Good, good, man. How are you guys doing today? We have too much fun. We are fabulous. And I Andrew and I go back quite a few years. Um, we've served on the Intuit Tax Council together, became fast friends, and we quite often bounce things off each other as practitioners. Um, we go to the same barber and uh, he's just a great guy. And welcome to welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for helping us out. And Andrew has, well, can you tell us a little bit about your expertise when dealing with, uh, with, with the dark side? Oh man, Chris, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on today. Uh, obviously this is an exciting episode for me, as probably is for you, um, simply because of, what we deal with in our profession. You know, most people sort of look at us as what uh, the old phrase used to be, Chris, uh, bean counters, you know, uh, counting numbers, crunching numbers. Man, those days are all far gone, right? We uh, get inundated with clients, taxpayers who have no get notices these days. Uh, the floodgates will open up even more under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act bill, that, as we've heard. So as the IRS beefs up, you know, that means that we've got to beef up to be able to Help taxpayers in America across the country. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a little bit about, you know, what I do is probably similar to what you do. We obviously do accounting, tax work, tax planning, but of course, uh, the tax resolution, tax representation is just crucial element uh, of our uh, business because taxpayers need help out there and don't know how to navigate the dark side. Absolutely. Andrew and his firm are amazing at the tax preparation, tax planning, 
but that IRS collection representation, IRS auto representation, not lights out, uh, best I've ever dealt with. And uh, I've dealt with uh, at least two people. No, I'm just kidding. Several people. Um, you mentioned the Inflation uh, Reduction Act, and uh, there's a lot of concern out there with the IRS at least being allocated the resources to hire several people in, in wherever they're going to find these people from. I'd like to know. Uh, but anyway, what are some of the, you know, obviously people are concerned about that. Uh, people maybe put a little too much weight into what they hear on the news or on the radio, other than this podcast this is a very important podcast. Very incredible. And we, yeah, exactly. So um, how do you think that's going to affect how the IRS operates and um, moving forward? And, and also I wanted to touch on the different types of common notices that the IRS sends to sends to a taxpayer because they all have different number codes as well. Absolutely, you know, Chris. One of the things that obviously we're concerned, we're all concerned, and that, and everyone's concerned is what uh, the propaganda that people have been hearing, you know, on through media, social media, TV, online, whatever the case, wherever you get your your news and views from. Obviously, you've heard about the Inflation Reduction Act bill in Congress. Uh, beefing up, given a, a, a tremendous budget to uh, the IRS. So a few things that we need to hash out here. There's just so much misinformation and disinformation out there these days, obviously, uh, with politics. Unfortunately, that transcends into other areas, which is, you know, IRS and what we deal with. Uh, first and foremost, the budget, the $80 billion, that's over a 10-year period. Okay, so it's not that the IRS is getting $80 billion next year to steamroll taxpayers across the country. So first and foremost, it's over uh, a 10-year period. Now, with that said, if you do the math, that's still almost twice the budget, the annual budget that they have right now, which is about $13 billion, give or take $13 billion a year. So if you do eight, an additional eight, that takes them to about $21 billion, give or take. That's a lot of firepower, a lot of you know, uh, ammunition that Congress has given uh, the IRS. Uh, they are going to hire roughly 87,000. It's not 87,000 IRS armed agents and all this nonsense that's been going out there, right? So only CI, criminal special agents, criminal investigators carry badges and guns. Uh, revenue agents, uh, revenue officers, regular IRS personnel don't carry guns. So let's just put all that nonsense to the side. Um, Aside from that, look, at the end of the day, you give any agency, you give us 10 times our budget, we're going to be, you know, sort of uh, have ammunition and, and be deadly in a sense, right? I don't mean deadly as they're going to kill people, but they're going to have firepower to be able to uh, pursue and taxpayers, uh, those who haven't filed, those who owe. Uh, and that's what the whole strategy is here for the government, right? We have a huge tax gap of, you know, probably at this point, trillions of dollars. And somehow they got to close the tax gap instead of letting it grow bigger. And so what that means is notices are going to you know, hit the floodgates. I mean, inevitably, uh, starting probably sooner than later, we're going to start seeing taxpayers get notices that they've never seen before. They've never had to deal with before. Uh, it's going to be in large quantities and people have to be prepared. Uh, you know, the you asked specifically about some some of the notices, CP2000. You and I both know that's the most common one, right? Mm -hmm. As a taxpayer, if you get a CP2000 notice, um, the worst thing you can do is not open the damn envelope. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, we see it all the time. People reach out to us like, Andrew, you know, I got this notice. Well, what does the notice say? Well, I, you know, I'm scared to open up the envelope. What are you talking about? You're scared to open <laughs> up the envelope? I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> 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 open up open up the envelope and, you know, and tell me what it says or, or send me a copy or something, right? But, you know, and I say that 
because, you know, it's shocking how many people truly just, you know, they get that envelope in the mailbox and man, they're scared to open up the damn envelope, open it up uh, and be proactive versus being reactive. So you, because typically you're only going to have 30 days to take action. And so if you just pick up the envelope, you know, on your way in from work, you know, in your mailbox and you put it on a kitchen counter and you leave it there because you're scared or because you forget and 30 days go by, you may have just been very, you know, uh, uh, caused a very detrimental situation to yourself, potentially on the type of notice. Okay. So you've got the CP2000 notice. That's typically and most commonly where the issues begin. So you've got it. The IRS basically send you a love letter and saying, Hey, you know what, uh, Chris, we don't agree with your tax return or what you filed. And we're proposing these changes. And you've got 30 days to agree or disagree. If you don't reply, guess what? You know, Darth Vader is going to say, you know what? We assume that you agree with us. So the next notice is going to come after that, telling you how much you owe them. Right. So not all IRS agents are stormtroopers. They don't all have weapons. No. Um, <laughs> and, and that CP2000, it's gotten, you know, I, as, a, as a CPA and, and some of us out there in the, in the community, wouldn't mind having a few more people at the IRS to help us resolve tax issues. I would say the vast, vast majority of, of taxpayers are trying to do the right thing. Um, a lot of those CP2000, which is your most common notice over the last couple of years have been derived from these, uh, you know, they're really nuisance issues such as the, the economic impact payments, the advanced child tax credit payments. Those, a lot of, a lot of those um, payments that went out to people uh, to taxpayers, taxpayers were required to self-report what they received and what they didn't receive. And there's a lot of times just a small discrepancy between what the IRS has on their their transcripts and what uh, what was reported on a tax return. And, and Chris, to that point too. So really what, what I'm hearing here and just to kind of step back a little bit is you can always be overly prepared a little bit, right? So as long as, as long as you have all your ducks in a row, for lack of better terms, if you do get one of these notices and you know who to contact, you know what to do, what not to do, should say you should be in a pretty good position. Correct. Yeah. Is that a good, good assumption? Exactly. So one of the what we talked about handling IRS notices and examinations. The first step is sounds like what Andrew's advising is don't ignore it. It's not going to go away by itself. The the, the notice and, and the notice doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to owe money. It, it's it just identifying that there's some type of discrepancy typically. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, you're spot on, Chris. It's, you know, there's something there that the IRS disagrees or has a discrepancy with what's been filed in a tax return. And so, you know, the first and foremost is that you have to take action. And that action could be you open it up, you review what, you know, what the IRS has. Maybe you're skilled enough as a taxpayer to be able to decipher everything and handle it on your own, right? It could be something very simple. Uh, maybe you don't want to handle it on your own and you go hire a, you know, tax professional to represent you. Uh, but at the end of the day, taking action is the top priority when you receive any type of notice. I mean, we're look, it's we haven't even hit 87,000 new IRS personnel. I'm going to call it personnel, not agents, because, again, with misinformation out there, they're, the 87,000 that they hire are not going to be all revenue agents or revenue officers. It's uh, it's. Uh, um, the it's government wide, right? Uh, so agency wide is, is what I was trying to say. So agency wide. So it can be people in the uh, in the mailroom. It could be revenue officers, revenue agents. Um, you know, just all sorts. And and they need help everywhere. I mean, it's the the, the budgets and the uh, efficiency of the IRS. Obviously, we've seen it over the last probably decade. That, you know, plus that we've been around dealing with tax resolution. And it's just gone. You know, 
just down down the toilet in a sense, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I hate to be like that, but it's really, which creates problems for taxpayers and for us as tax professionals trying to represent taxpayers because we can't get any assistance. We can't do anything. So it's sending off a, a reply to the IRS CP2000, for example, and then waiting six months to get a reply. And then you get a reply and it's the same CP2000 notice you got before. So now you're replying a second time. And then, you know, the taxpayers sitting here patiently trying to wait to resolve the issue. So it's just, a, you know, it, it's, it's a mess. So part of them ramping up with some more personnel is sort of a good thing. Um, but, you know, we just want to make sure that we don't have a situation where we start having abuse of power and abuse of authority by IRS personnel. That's always a concern. So you get the love letter from Darth Vader. First step is you're going to open it up. Uh, the second step, what would you advise someone do as far as do you try to resolve it on your own? Do you hire a tax professional? Um, do you, you know, I know there's there's processes for having someone represent you or being a third party designee. But I would say, so don't ignore step one. What do you think the best step two or step three would be for someone that that did receive that love letter from Darth Vader? Yeah, look, I think it really, relatively speaking, depends on you know, how you got your tax return file, right? If you went online to say TurboTax or Tax Act or somewhere and filed your own tax return, self-prepared return, then you're sort of in limbo because you need some assistance and you really don't have anyone that you work with for tax preparation. So you got to go find someone. Uh, if you had a tax professional, tax preparer, um, regulated or unregulated, meaning licensed or unlicensed, perhaps uh, that were, help you prepare that return and file it for you, maybe you go back to them as your, you know, as your starting point and say, hey, I got this notice. Can you help me? And they might be able to assist you and say, yep, this is an easy fix. Or they'll say, hey, you know what? I don't do tax representation, tax resolution. You probably need someone, you know, in this area to handle this scope of work. Uh, but, you know, you've got to figure out first and foremost, what the letter is all about. And it just, it, again, it could be just a simple fix, right? Hey, the IRS says you, that we paid you, you know, 1400 for the stimulus and you put on there accidentally that you got 1200 so you have a $200 discrepancy. You review your bank statement, you figure out that you got 1400 indeed, so you owe the government the 200 bucks that they were claiming, right? Or it could be a notice that they say, hey, you forgot to report, you know, um, you know 10 stock trades that equate to mm-hmm. $100 profit or you didn't report your crypto that they're tracing uh, or something and now you've got just a bigger issue that's going to take someone licensed competent you know and experienced to be able to help you exactly and we always say and this is this is true in many industries just because you get paid to do something doesn't make you a pro and that's where uh you you need to if, if you're working with an accountant that you don't have the confidence or doesn't offer the representation service someone like andrew and his firm would be the person to talk to um, about a, a about an IRS letter or, or now, and obviously you know some letters are a little more serious than others. The CP two thousand is pretty much that baseline. Other than the letter that you get when the IRS says, "Hey, we need an extra sixty days to look at this for the third time," <laughs> that's probably the most innocent letter. But yeah. other than that letter, <laughs> um, a note, a, a notification of examination. At that point, uh, I would imagine you'd advise to definitely talk to someone with very good representation experience yeah most definitely you, you know you and i obviously we've we, we do you know work on a professional level and, and as friends but you you know i mean we've bounced ideas off on representing taxpayers right because while we all both do representation you know there's a different level of what we've dealt with in the past or different experiences and sometimes sharing those war stories helps us figure out our strategy for example right so um but yeah you, you get into an exam 
um, you know, just, uh, for example, I've got one right now, a client pretty much that's under examination and we've got to, you know, deal with it and, and battle for our client. Um, you know, and a lot of exams, um, up until now have been coming out of AUR. So they're uh, correspondence exams, meaning you're going to get a letter in the mail and uncle Sam's going to be like, Hey, you know, uh, we, there's discrepancy here. You're under examination, yada, yada, yada. Give us, you know, uh, this is what we're proposing, disallowing or changing. And then you got to figure out how to navigate and fight that battle because that's going to be by mail. The old traditional, like in person or with an IRS agent, they still exist, but they're far and few between now. Maybe they'll ramp up with those in the future. Uh, but overall, for example, we've got one right now where it's face to face. I've been dealing with the auditor, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where we're going to meet and what she uh, wants to uh, review and how this might go. A lot of it is strategy. You know, people just think that, you know, it's just that it's, uh, hey, like, okay, I'm just going to call the IRS up. And no, it doesn't work like that, right? A lot of it, when, when you're under exam, is strategy, trying to figure out how to navigate, how to best save yourself, you know, uh, how do you save yourself from Darth Vader, your soul from Darth Vader, if you've done something incorrect, or if you've done something worse yet, something bad, you know, that you knew is not correct, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be able to deal with someone's skill. And, and that's, you know, a point that we touched on a little bit is making sure that you're working with, I make a joke about not everyone that gets paid as a pro, but making sure you're working with someone that's authorized to represent you in front of the IRS, because someone like Andrew and his firm, they're going to make sure that they give the IRS exactly what they're requesting. But sometimes you don't need to give them more than, you, you should not give them more than they're requesting. And that's some uh, something I've seen out there that, that you could you can open up additional years of examination. You could open up additional items because in my experience, usually the examiner is looking for something. If they stumble across something else, they have to pursue through that. Yep. But if they don't stumble across anything, you, you want to keep that examination as focused as possible. Hey, listen, let me tell you, the first thing I always do uh, when an exam comes to the door or a client, uh, taxpayer retains my firm, retains me to represent them for an exam, is I try to do some research to figure out, you know, who I'm up against, right? Because essentially, that's what it is. It's a strategy. Am I dealing with a 20-year, 30-year IRS veteran agent? Or am I dealing with uh, a new rookie who just got hired under, you know, tax, the Inflation Reduction Act bill, right? So if I'm dealing with sort of a, you know, more of a rookie, um, and this is not in any derogatory manner, but, you know, if I'm dealing with someone who's newer, and I've got, you know, 27 years experience, 28 years, I'm feeling comfortable that I can navigate. It's not about being deceptive or, dece or deceiving the government, because that's not what it's about when we represent taxpayers that come to us with problems. It's about navigating the process and knowing how to steer. So if I know that a taxpayer has three problems, A, B, C, that I've identified, and I know that the government, based on what they're asking, is looking at possibly, you know, issue number B versus A or C. I'm going to try to steer them to B and minimize due damage control from not from the from the agent not being able to figure out that there's possibly other matters, other issues there that they can pick apart, right? And that's mm -hmm. why I say it's all about strategy. It's not, you know, and some people will read into this like, oh, you, you know, it's about you know deceiving. No, we provide what we're asked for. You don't provide more than you ask for. If they detect something else, you know, uh, a deficiency or something there and they ask about it, yeah, you have to disclose and you have to work through those challenges. Um, you know, and Chris, with that said, and, and you, I think, you know, you, we've kind of had these discussions before, is 
not all, you know, not all exams, not all audits are going to end up favorable for the taxpayer. So as a taxpayer, you've got to hire someone that can navigate you through the exam, but you also got to have that person and hopefully it's the same person who can help you navigate through perhaps the next layer uh, after the exam is closed. If you close as an unagreed upon exam where you take it to appeals, you know, we've had, mm-hmm. we've had like that, where we've been able to, you know, fight the battle for the taxpayer for literally about two and a half years, go into exam, we create the strategy, how to do damage control for the things that they've done, perhaps, and then close out of there uh, as an unagreed upon case, strategically, right? We disagree, mm-hmm. but we force the agent to close the case, the agent's happy to close the case, you know, he or she has some huge, you know, adjustment, you know, on their books, on their report, they're looking stellar to their boss because guess what? They've generated a two or $300,000 know, audit change and the taxpayers coming out of exam own two or 300,000 bucks. It's significant, right? That's astronomical. Most people would have a heart attack, but the strategy is to be able to go to appeals because you know that you're going to probably be able to present, you know, evidence and documentation to reduce that two or 300 grand down to a more, uh, you know, meaningful level that's comfortable for the taxpayer. And it's all about strategy. And like my Star Wars nerds will understand, that's why R2-D2 had the plans of the Death Star and, and uh, Darth Vader is trying to get them in episode four. So, uh, but, well, I would say, you know, for the people in the teaching tax flow ecosystem, you're going to want to learn more from Andrew. You're going to want to visit his website. He's had a lot of amazing content, dives into the appeals process, uh, maybe abatement strategy, statute of limitations, and different resources that the IRS has. Unfortunately, we're... We're at our, our time constraint here. Um, I'm sure Andrew's going to come back on uh, in the future, but definitely check out Andrew. Um, we're going to have a link to his website and all of his social media in the show notes. I I enjoy the uh, all the content and and um, the wealth of information, we should say. So and it's funny talking to talking to the two of you. I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, this is a lot of brain power and no hair. Yeah, two ball guys. That might be the reason why we have so much brain power is because we have no hair. <laughs> yes, there's, there's nothing to hold it in, right? So it just keeps spewing out. It's 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 a it's a never ending blow. Hey, hey you and, know, uh, balls and new mullet. Have you ever seen the two of us having drinks discussing tax resolution stuff in cases that we've worked on? You know, oh you man. Should, you should come for drinks one time with us. You'll probably be like, guys, I'm out of here, man. This is I'll be like, I'll, you know I'll see you later. Maybe we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do an episode in the future with war story. You know, we can do a virtual happy hour war stories. There you go. From the, from okay. the dark side. As wild as this sounds. So so obviously, you know, the the IRS agency is a, is a whole. So staffing up. I'm going to make another assumption that these new staff members will not be texting you, calling you, asking you to give you their, or give them your social security number over the phone and no. pay thirty thousand dollars to get your grandma out of jail. No, no. or or send them a send them a six hundred dollar you know Walmart card so you don't right. get a uh, a uh, an arrest warrant. Right? You know, look, we've de- it's shocking, and I know you guys were running out of time, but just very quickly, as John as you mentioned, that it is shocking how many people out there across the country you know actually fall for that stuff, or or, or worse yet, that I get calls. For people telling me that they got, you know, the IRS call them IRS agent and they're going to issue an arrest warrant. It's not the IRS doesn't pick up the phone and call. Heck, we can't even get through to them. So there's certain. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, man, if you get anything like that, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, those are all scams that are trying to do phishing, what we call phishing, reel you in, get your information. As soon as they get your information, they can hack, they can do all sorts of things. Identity theft, which is another issue, Chris, that probably you want to deal with on a mm-hmm. different. Right. 
uh, which is ultra important. But yeah, don't give your information out to anyone. When in doubt, call your tax professional if you have one and run anything by them before you start giving out any information to anyone. Well, Andrew Poulos, thank you so much. We will definitely, I know we're going to have a lot of people interested in speaking with you and your firm um, and, and definitely uh, make sure that you align yourself with the right people in your board of directors. We talk about that a lot and tax representation and preparation and planning is a very important part of that. So I appreciate it, buddy. Right, Chris, thank you. On. Absolutely. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And thank you everybody for tuning in to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast episode 14 here. Um, again, as we always say, we have great content coming up. If you haven't had an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes that we've released, they all tie in. It's it's kind of funny. It's almost like we had a strategy or we had a plan mm -hmm. in place for ourselves, right? Once in a while. Yeah, we kind of we kind of put, gets a nut. Put, the, put, the, put the plan to work. So thank you, everybody. And we will see you next week as always. Bye.